If you have your Bible, we're in the same text that we were in last week. So if you'll turn to Exodus 23, it's the first of the Ten Commandments. We're going to be looking at those today. The title of my message is God is One Rather Than Many. One of the main things that was going on in the Old Testament uh, section of time was that God was trying to lead his people to be monotheistic rather than polytheistic. Uh, He was trying real hard to mold them around one God, our almighty God. And it was uh, an experience, and it took uh, a long hundreds and hundreds of years for that to happen. Well, let me move on to today. Today it seems like we are living in a spiritual vacuum, a values vacuum, if you would. The baby boomers came up with the attitude, uh, anything goes. Uh, You know, just uh, however you feel, that's the thing that you ought to do. Now we are reaping the results of that attitude. Every 30 seconds in America we have a divorce. Uh, Every third child that is born in America is born to an unwed mother. Uh, Social diseases are rampant across uh, our land. Millions of people are crying out, we want to get back to family values. But nobody really defines family values. William Bennett said, it is now politically correct again to believe in family values, but it's not politically correct to get very specific about it. There are a lot of different uh, families on television. Which family values are you going to follow? There's George and Barbara Bush. Uh, You know, we see them on various programs saying, doing various things. Some of you like to watch the old shows. Do we Uh, Follow the family values of Archie Bunker. Uh, He had some interesting perspectives on things. And, of course, on whatever station, you can always follow the Kardashians. Uh, They have uh, values of some sort that seem to change week to week. Many, many years ago, God gave ten values for family living. Some would say those were God's big ten. Uh, They have uh, come to be known as the Ten Commandments. Uh, These are not values that are fads that are kind of coming in today and will be gone next month or next year or next decade. These are values that God wanted his followers to pursue forever. In fact, these values are the bedrock of Western civilization. They are also the foundation upon which Our entire judicial system is based. As we look at these commandments, we're going to see how they can help us, help our families, help our neighborhood, help our country today. In Deuteronomy 6.6, God says, These commandments I give to you today. They are to be upon your hearts, and you are to teach them to your children. God tells us to do two things, to remember these commandments and to teach them to our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. 
Do your kids know the Ten Commandments? Could they uh, say them? Uh, Do you know the Ten Commandments? Uh, You know, sometimes I forget one or two. Uh, You're probably in that group with me, but uh, if you look at them for a moment, you can kind of refresh your mind and you can get them lined up right in your head. If I were to ask you this morning, how many of you try and live by the Ten Commandments? We, I'm sure, would have almost unanimous uh, raising of hands. I believe uh, we believe that, but do we know them? Uh, Do you you know uh, each one? Uh, We all remember the big ones. You know, you're not supposed to murder people, and you're not supposed to have uh, adultery in your life. Uh, But how many of the others uh, can we uh, quote, do we know? Uh, How can we live by them if we can't name them? Now, why did God give us the Ten Commandments? He gave them not to hurt us, but to help us, not to hamper us, but to release us, not to punish us, but to protect us. When I tell a a little kid not to touch the hot oven, am I doing that uh, for his benefit or for mine? I'm obviously doing it for his. Uh, Every time God says don't to us, as he does many times in the Ten Commandments, it's for a positive purpose for you. It's for you. If you ignore them, Uh, then you're going to be hurt. Now, God has lined up the universe by certain universal laws. There are certain physical laws in the world that if you don't obey, uh, you get hurt, Uh, like the law of gravity. If you ignore it, uh, you will really hurt yourself. If you cooperate with it, uh, uh, things will go pretty well. If you jump out of a 10-story building or off a dam somewhere or a great bridge somewhere, if you ignore the law of gravity, then you're going to suffer severe consequences. You don't break God's laws and the physical laws. They break you. Uh, There are spiritual laws that are uh, just as important. We believe as Christians even more important. They are not the 10 suggestions They are the Ten Commandments. They are not optional in a similar way that the physical laws about us are not optional. The Bible says that if we do these things, that our life will go well. If you don't do them, then uh, there's going to be a mess uh, down the way somewhere. Psychiatrists are now saying because there were no boundaries whatsoever in the 60s, we are now learning that we need boundaries for our emotional and mental health. We need parameters. Adults and children who grow up without parameters uh, grow up to be extremely insecure people. Uh, We have an extremely insecure generation in the baby boomers. We need to know what is right and what is wrong. Today we're going to look at the foundation uh, of building a strong society, a strong family, uh, your individual life to make it strong. The foundation is found in the very first commandment uh, that we're going to look at now. In order 
the order of the commandments is not by accident. The most important one is first. That's why I'm spending uh, two weeks on it. Uh, You'll find it in Exodus 20, verse 13. You shall have no other gods before me. Uh, If we put God first, we're doing the main thing that he wants us to do right. Uh, That is it. Put God first in my life, in my family life. God says I demand top priority in your walk with me. What does it mean to have no other gods before him? Well, there are a lot of little gods with a little g. Uh, What is a god? A god is anything that dominates your life, anything that controls you. Can your career be a god? It certainly can. Can your husband or wife or son or daughter be a god? Yes, they can. Uh, Can another person that uh, you care a lot about, can they be a god? Yes. Can golf be a god? Well, it is to some. Let me see if I see any elbows going at this point. (laughs) Can fishing be a god? Yes. Uh, You know it can. Uh, You're well aware of that. Even good things that God created for our enjoyment can become gods when we give them first place in our lives. God is telling us that he deserves and he alone deserves the first place in our life. We have some builders, some contractors in our church, and any builder, any contractor knows that uh, you can't have a strong house, uh, a strong building without a good foundation. Everybody knows that. Uh, If you have a weak or a cracked uh, foundation, then you're going to have problems, obviously, in the future. If your foundation is wrong, it doesn't matter how pretty it is. It's going to have serious problems. Today in America, families uh, are breaking up all around us. Uh, They're falling apart, uh, it seems, faster than we can put them together. Why are so many marriages crumbling today? Why are millions and millions and tens of millions of people in America not marrying? Uh, Well, these relationships are built on the wrong foundation. It doesn't matter how much money you put into it. It will not last unless it's built on the right foundation. So today, we want to look at the foundation that God wants each one of us to have. Notice the promise found in Proverbs 3, 6. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. That is one of the great promises for success in the Bible, for our lives. Do you want to succeed? The Bible says to put God First, wherever you want God to bless, put him first in that area. The Bible tells us to put God first in our marriage, in our family, and we will see tremendous benefits. How do I do that, you ask? What does it mean to have no other gods before me? 
I'm going to give you five ways to put God first in your life. Uh, I've taken the word first and kind of made it an acrostic. Uh, if you are not married, of course, these same values, these same principles are operative. Uh, they're there for your success and pleasure. God gives uh, us very clear priority in five areas. Uh, number one, uh, we want to take the hardest one for each of us first. We want to give God first place in our finances. Let's start uh, with the most difficult one right off the bat. What do you say? Uh, we want to put God first in the things that we own. Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all the crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. God says, you give me the first part back, and he will bless all the rest. I don't know why, but God has said that money is the number one test of our priorities. Your checkbook reveals uh, what you really think is important. Pretend like we all had our checkbook with us this morning in our coat pocket or in our purse. If we took that out right now and we passed it to the right or left, four or five people, and we asked them to kind of examine it, you know what they would find out as they looked at it? They would find out what's really important to you. You know, we support the things that are really important to us. By, we, by how we look at uh, spending our money, uh, that's really how the person looks at their life. Deuteronomy 14.23 says, The purpose of tithing, of giving God a tenth of our income, is to teach us to put God first in our lives. If you're in a financial crunch right now, you know all of us are in a financial crunch at one time or another in our life. Uh, the temptation, of course, is to let uh, our tithing kind of slide. But I'm telling you this morning that the first step to getting out of that crunch is to put God first. Whatever you want God to bless then you put God first in that area of your life. Number two, put God first in your interests. If God is really going to be number one, then you've got to put him first in the things that really interest you. What does that mean? Does that mean to put him first in our fun time, in our play time, in our recreation? Yes, it does. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Does that include going on vacation? Yes. Uh, does that include playing golf? Yes. Does that include going sailing? Yes. Uh, how do you do that? He says, in everything that you do, put God in first place. What does that mean? It means to do it with an attitude of gratitude. If you're playing tennis, you need to thank the Lord that you have uh, a good arm, you have good legs, 
You have good eye-hand coordination. All of that is necessary if you're going to play tennis well. Everything that you do with an attitude of gratitude puts God first in that area of your life. Another way of telling what is important in your life is to notice what people talk about the most. I know people that can talk for hours and hours and hours about other people. They have got that down. Uh, They have excelled in, in that. I'm not sure how long they could talk about the Lord, but they've got the other people down. Two women were talking on Easter morning right after church, and one of the ladies asked the other one, said, Jane, did you see Sue's new beautiful dress? And Jane said, no. And she said, well, Jane, did you see the Smith's new car? And Jane said, no. And she said, well, Jane, did you see John's new tie? It was blue and red. Did you see that? Jane said, no. First lady said, well, what in the world did you go to church for today? Number three, we want to put God first in our relationships. If you want to be, have God first in your life, then you're going to have to choose your friends carefully. I'm going to go to lunch today with the Shumways. Now, do you think they're going to lead me closer to the devil? No, they're not. Uh, they're real nice people. They love Jesus. They try and represent him in the marketplace of today's world. Proverbs 27, 19 says, What a man is really like is shown by the friends that he chooses. Now, why is that? Why does having friends, what does having friends have to do with making God first place in our life? Because you become like the people that you spend a lot of time with. And if you spend time with people that take God very lightly, then you're going to tend to become a casual believer. But if you spend time with people who are really committed to God, no question about it, they stand strong on the Scripture, on the Word of God, no question anywhere about that. They take God seriously. Guess what that's going to do to you? It's going to make you be more committed. It's going to make you become a stronger person. Uh, Whoever you spend time with, that's who is going to rub off on you, and you're going to become a little more like them. Now, those of you who are parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, let me ask you, to whom are you exposing your children? your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. If you're serious about building strong values in those relatives of yours, then you ought to be inviting people over to your house that model the kind of ethic and Christian understanding that you want to rub off on your grandkids or your great-grandkids. If you don't provide the right kind of models for them, they're going to take models uh, from the TV. 
and from the movies and from the gossip page on the newspaper. The key to growing your Christian life is to, is to get involved in a smaller group where people can build you up. We have five strong Bible study groups that meet on Sunday morning in our church just prior to this hour. They begin at 9 o'clock. It goes from uh, 9 to 10. And then we have some refreshments down the hall there, and we kind of fellowship together, talk, and uh, have a little coffee, a little donut, something like that. We have a Wednesday night discipleship class that Dr. Laidlaw teaches. It is really, really good. If you're missing that, you're making a tremendous mistake. It is great. We have prayer groups. One is tomorrow uh, here at the church at 11 o'clock if you'd like to come and join. You need to be with groups of people that will support you no matter what time it is in your life. In the great times, in the glad times, in the sad times, in the times when you're in trouble. You want people that will stand right beside you. Proverbs 12.26 says, A religious man is cautious about his friendships. The truth is, if you really want God first in your life, there are some relationships that are dead wrong for you. They're just wrong for you. That's all there is to it. I've seen it a lot of times. The dynamic Christian will find somebody else uh, uh, maybe at the barbershop or in their golf group or whatever, they might find them to be an interesting person and they start spending more and more and more time with that person. And it's a person that doesn't share your values. And so you see the spiritual vitality in the person begin to kind of slip away and come out of their lives. We need to choose our friends very carefully. Number four, we need to put God first in our schedule. Ephesians 5.16 says, Make the most of every opportunity. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is for you. How do I put God first in my schedule? How do I do that? Well, when you get up in the morning and you think to yourself, you know, I've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, I've got 17 things I want to do today. 17 things. But I don't have time for 17 things. I have time for five things. And that's it. Well, you don't have time for everything. It's obvious. How do you select? Well, you have to deal with some things that God really wants you to deal with if you're going to put him in first place in your schedule. Ask him to help you. You have plenty of time to do God's will. You find yourself with, with more things on your plate than you have time to do. You know what that means? It means you're doing some things that are really not in God's will for you. God doesn't want you to do all those things. They might be good things, but he does not ask you to do more than you have time to do. When you begin to feel hassled and frazzled and you begin to think that you might be going crazy 
It's because you're trying to do more than God intended for you to do. You need to stop and say, God, help me with my schedule today. Help me with prioritizing my life today. The way you do this is to make a daily appointment with God. Cindy and I pray together every night. We've been doing that uh, since our honeymoon. It's a special time. We pray for many of you. We pray for all of our folks that are in the hospital. We pray for those that are going through uh, tragic events in their lives, the life of their family. We thank the Lord when you have some great victory uh, in your life. Uh, You know, we had some good reports from some of our folks that have been sick, and uh, we're real happy about that, and we praise the Lord for that. Uh, It doesn't matter when you do it, but you need to do it. You need to have a time with God. Some people like to get up early in the morning. I hate getting up early in the morning. For five years now, I've wanted to change our Tuesday morning breakfast once a month to Tuesday lunch. Uh, That hasn't uh, happened yet, but uh, I keep hoping. Uh, Take uh, a few minutes at lunchtime, whatever you do, and uh, ask God to bless that and to lead you in that time. Maybe it's at night. Uh, Maybe it's uh, uh, right after supper. We we don't know when. But make it a habit. Uh, Read your Bible. uh, Pray a little bit. Spend a few minutes with God, Uh, sit down in your lazy chair, Uh, read a a Bible uh, about some things that you might be interested in that are going on in your life at that time. You need a daily time to check in with God, to check over the schedule, the goals, the priorities that you have. That is really important because we don't have time for everything. And we've got to have the right things in our schedule. Uh, Number five, we want to put God first in our time of troubles. When you face an unexpected trouble, where do you turn? Uh, Who do you call? You remember that movie Ghostbusters? You know, you call Ghostbusters, you remember that? Uh, Every time I hear somebody say, well, who who should we call? I always think Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. You know, do you call 9-11? Do you call a counselor? Do you call one of the ministers here at the church? Do you call your Sunday school teacher? Who do you call? When troubles come in your life, some things that you're not experiencing uh, like you wanted to, uh, to whom do you turn? God says, turn to me first when you have a problem. For many people uh, in a tight situation, God is the very last one, they're Christian people, the last one that they turn to. They say, well, I can do this. And they do every option that they think is available to them. And they use all their muscles and all their brain power and all their will, and uh, it it maybe doesn't turn out just right. And then they say to themselves, well, gosh, I, I guess I need to pray about this. You know, that's the very last choice. Prayer should not be our last resort. It ought to be our first resort. He says that he is ever present to help us. He is our refuge and strength in a time of need. God is waiting. He commands us to turn to him 
first. How do you respond when God is is really trying to break through to you? Do you do you respond to that and put him in first place in your life? Uh, you know, you need to stop worrying. Uh, if, if there's a sentence I want you to remember from the sermon this morning, it's this one. Worrying is the warning light that God is not in first place in my life. That's what worry is. Uh, when I start worrying... I start playing God. I am assuming responsibility for that which God really didn't want me to have responsibility over. When God is not first in any of the five areas that I mentioned this morning, then we begin to just worry, worry, worry. When God is not first in our finances, we worry about our finances. When God is not first in our relationships, we worry about our relationships. And then, same thing with the others, when you take a priority check and you turn it over to God, then you can take a deep breath and relax because you know that you and God are working on this together. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. You know, the key in the first commandment is to keep God in first place. This morning, if you're in the worship service and you've come to worship the Lord, maybe today is the first time that uh, you've been here and you're thinking to yourself, you know, that guy said some things I needed to hear. You know, we'd love to have you hear those things regularly. Maybe you would like to come today and join with us and be a part of our family. Join hands and arms and hearts and lives with us so that we can grow together in the Lord and put him in first place in our life. Maybe there's someone here this morning that would like to trust in Christ as their Lord and Savior. Certainly, we want to encourage you to take a stand for him this morning. We're going to sing a hymn. I'm going to stand at the front. If the Lord leads, you just slip out, slip forward, and say yes to Jesus. Let's stand as we